<laughs> so God's good. And hey, when what about, what was that start like? Wasn't that brilliant? Because um, I made note, take heart. I'm going to listen to that album once we're done here. And I just changed my title when that was mentioned to Heart Fire. Heart Fire. Uh, my subtitle was Bast. And um, that. what about these songs? Imagine, imagine if a holy fire came on you this morning, like the day of Pentecost, and your heart burned and burned and burned. You know, when you get letters from Africa or South America, you, you think you know the people, but when you go there, it's completely different. And, and they have boisterous praise and worship for two solid hours. Why? Because they don't have a television. No, because they have a fire burning them in them and a passion and a love for Jesus. And so I want to kick off with a fire verse this morning, uh, a promise from God. Psalm 36 verse 5 says, your unfailing love is as vast, vast, vast as the heavens. Hey, guys, that's vast. I mean, that's way beyond earth, the skies, the sun, the moon, the stars. It is endless upon endless, endless fire of his love that's continuing to pour from heaven. And uh, in 1 John 3b, it says, See what love the Father has that he has lavished upon us. But guys, you know, Elma said to me last night, you know, what have you heard on the news? You know, you know, I'm just checking out my COVID hairstyle here. But what have you heard on the news? You know, what's going on? And, and I said, well, I hardly listen to man anymore. I hardly listen to a thing. And uh, I don't know if that's right or wrong, but... I'm only interested in what God has to say in this season. And he has much to say. And when you hear what God has to say, it makes sense. Conf the fire of God burns away all the fears, despairs, confusion. And so I want to make sense from the word of God for what he has to say in this season. And so there's no need to be confused, dismayed, or in fear. And so, but we have a problem, Houston. We have a problem, and it's bigger than C-19. It's bigger than any other problem on the earth. And it's the problem that came on the scene in the Garden of Eden. Because up to that point, when it all went wrong, Adam and Eve had a heart connection from, with God. And when that hit the fan, they only had a head connection from then on. And I've met thousands upon thousands of Christians they know Jesus loves them in their head. They've read all the books. They've read the Bible. But guess what, guys? So many, even great preachers have confessed to me in private that in their heart of hearts, they've never had a minute where they've felt the Father's love. They've experienced his presence. They've experienced his intimacy and his love. And so the, we're going to look at the largest small gap in the world. And uh, could you pull the blinds up a bit, Elmer, that sun is? We've got a bit too much sun up here. How good is that? So, so here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing, guys. When this 18-inch gap between the head and the heart is the biggest problem on the earth. And God picks his moments to invade our lives and close that gap so that what we hear in the Bible in our head is in our hearts and we can honestly say, 
Our hearts are on fire. We're experiencing real, real intimacy and love with a living God. We can not only talk about the Father's love, but we can not only just talk about Africa, but we've been there. And it's a completely different experience. And when you talk about the Father's love and you've been there, oh, my word, your praise, your worship, your fire becomes boisterous and even a little bit annoying. So here's the thing. The head knows this, but the heart froze this. And, uh, you know, I was just wrestling whether to take that word froze out five minutes ago, because I thought it doesn't really sit there. And then the worship froze. The worship froze in that moment. And I thought, no, I'm going to keep it in there. Because here was God trying to connect with us. And here was somebody else trying to, you know, freeze that thing. And so the word of God comes alive in our head. But then something happens between the head and the heart. The freezer kicks in and it freezes that thing. How many of us would be willing to admit we would give anything for one moment, one touch of the Father's love, one touch of the Father's arms around us, one touch of his fire? And I'm believing God to begin that today if it's never happened to you and, and if it needs to return. But we're going to address this thing three ways. So we're going to deal with number one, not the earth's problem or man's problem. Today, we're going to put God's eyes on, see with the eyes of God, we're going to deal with three things. We're going to look at God's problem. How about checking out God's problem for a moment? Then we're going to look at God's purpose. What is his purpose in all this confusion? Has he just gone to sleep? Has he taken, you know, the bus to Glasgow for a year? What's going on? What's his purpose? And he has a beautiful purpose in this. I'm going to bring a show you. And the third thing is God's provision. Are we going to get through this? Are we going to have what it takes to get through this? But I'm telling you, I'm believing the Holy Spirit to ignite a fire when Gary and I are share with you today. And so this gap, this hard experience, God wants to address that first and foremost. And we, we, we're going to believe the Holy Spirit to come and blow the cobwebs of confusion away in our hearts. And once we settle these three things, God's problem, God's purpose, God's provision, when we settle these things in our hearts, I promise you, you'll sleep through an earthquake. You'll sleep through a flood. You'll sleep through sickness. Because you will have a rest in your soul because you've come to the place where you know the Father's love and you're resting in his arms. And so the goal is to leave every single one of you today saturated with the Father's love, saturated with his fire and his peace and his joy. But before we give, get started and steamed into these three, just give me two minutes, guys. We're going to dig deep. And so we base this on the word of God. We're going to do some spade work for two minutes and get to the roots of God's word, which are going to help us. And I'm going to share something brilliant with you. So the vast majority of believers on earth, I believe, have a problem. They would give anything to know more of the Father's love. So here's the thing. God, the Father, speaks in the Bible two ways. He speaks two ways. He speaks to the head and he speaks to the heart. And the, there are two Greek words. I don't do too much Greek because I'm not that clever, but I love it when I get something that's dynamite. 
And so the first way he speaks is to her head. So when you read the Bible, the Greek word for that head knowledge is gnosis. Write that down if you have a pen. G-N-O-S-I-S. It's gnosis. These are two beautiful words. Let's, let's hold on to them and get a hold of them because they're so, so important. And so 1 Corinthians 8, I believe it's verse 1. Uh, I need to double check that. You can check for yourselves. It says this. Paul says, we all possess knowledge. We all possess knowledge. So we've all got the head. We all know in our head God loves us. He's with us. He's for us. We got that, guys. We've got that. But knowledge puffs up if you're not careful. But here's the thing. Love builds up. So the Greek word that that's based on is the word gnosis. So when you know God by reading his word in your head, boom. But you're only halfway there. But there is another word in the Bible very similar that God speaks to us through the heart. And the Greek word for that, and we're finished with Greek after these two words, is epignosis. So it's E, it's epic, but it's spelled E-P-I-G-N. O-S-I-S, epignosis. And, you know, I learned this from a, a, a married monk, believe it or not. But so, so here's the thing. In Ephesians uh, verse 1, uh, uh, verse 17, it says this, I keep asking the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, that he may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know the Father better. So you get the head thing, but when he touches your heart with wisdom and revelation, opens your eyes, whoa, you've not only read about Africa, you've been there. You've not only read about God, you've been there. Because you, you're, you're going to weep, you're going to collapse, you're going to be on fire because the Father's love is around you. That's epic gnosis. Very quick illustration. Some of you know the story, but I'm using it in this context like I haven't before. I told you the time I went with some gnosis to the little children in Thailand, 14-year-old little kids sold into prostitution, and we were, I was sent there secretly to, to minister to them, and I had the Father's love written down. I was going to give them 40 minutes of, of gnosis, the Word of God. I didn't know they'd been getting gnosis for two years. They knew everything about the Father's love, but they've not got a touch. And God just said to me, just, just get out the way, Jimmy. This is my preach. And he just stepped in and released an anointing of the Father's love on those kids. I'm telling you guys, he released a holy fire. I've never experienced that in my life before. I read about it, but when it happened, I, I, it had, God had to do it for two hours because I just wouldn't believe this was going on without me giving a single gnosis, the epignosis, the revelation of the Father's love opened up and boom, 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 all 12, 14, 16 of these girls were radically healed because they'd not just read about Africa, they'd been to Africa. Let's put our hands together and applaud the living God because he is waiting to give showers of blessing on you today. He wants to connect with your heart so our hearts are on fire 
We're the first on. We're first on at church every week. We're last at the door. And our praise is more boisterous and more on fire than anybody else because we cannot contain the heart fire. As Sally says, take heart. And I want to say, take fire today, guys. Don't leave without reaching to God and say, God, I'm, going to, I'm having that fire. And so that's the spade work, guys. And so that's the spade work. And so I, I, I spoke to Gary this week on this. And I said, I asked Gary a question. I wanted to know his epignosis moment. I wanted to know the moment because I knew that he come to Jesus in 1993. And I know I was risking it because Gary has been running about 80 departments at Man United and the most difficult circumstances from his iPad and lockdown. And his wife has been seriously ill in bed for months, seriously ill, and is still not through it. So, Gary, I want to thank you for the cost, your, your, the sacrifice you're having and making on there. But, but when Gary said he came to Jesus in 1993, I wanted to know what was his epignosis moment? What was the moment that that thing went from his head to his heart? What was the moment the fire of God and the love of God came on? So I'm just setting up for you to jump in, Gary, and tell us what you told me about 1994. Yeah, so um, as Jimmy has just said about this, this moment, um, in 1993, uh, I gave my life to Christ, followed him, made him Lord of my life, came out of a world of darkness into his great world of light uh, in April 1993. And I knew I was born again. It was the moment when I was born again. It was the moment when every single weight of sin that was lifted off me and it was nailed to the cross. And Jesus took it to the cross with him and he, God placed that, all my sin, all my depression, everything on him at the cross. And I was free. I felt light. I felt different. In fact, I was different because I was a new creation. And that's what, that's what the word of God tells us, that you're a new creation. So on that day in April in 1993, I was a new creation. I was born again. But Jesus says in John 14 that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. And so at that time... Although I was a Christian, I was born again, I hadn't experienced the Father. And, and many of you know my story, background of a, of a childhood of, of abandonment and abuse, uh, stepfathers and fathers leaving me. And so my experience of the Father wasn't, wasn't great from an earthly perspective. But God had a plan to reveal himself to me as Father. And that's what Jesus did. He came to reveal the Father to us. And that was his mission, was to bring us back to the Father. So in 1993, I found Jesus. I made him Lord of my life, but it took a year to have the encounter. And during that year, I, I sought the Lord and served him the best way I could. But in 1994, in August 1994, um, many of the people in our church had had experiences of what many of you know as a Toronto blessing at the Airport Christian Fellowship in Toronto and our pastors, they were my uh, parent-in-laws went out to Canada. They came back and we connected quite, with quite a few people. And one of the people we connected with was a guy called Dave Marquis, Z and Dave Marquis, who, who many of you know, I know Jimmy knows him really well. And he was ministering in our church and he was, he was talking about the father's love. And um, when he was ministering, he talked very simply about 
how Jesus has made it possible for us to have an encounter with the Father. And so it felt to me as if I had the key to the mansion. Jesus talks about the Father's prepared a place for us, and that place he's prepared is a place in his heart. And he's given us the key because Jesus says, I'm, I'm the way. He's the door. He's the door through to the mansion. He's the door through to the Father's presence. And for a year, I had the key. And it's like having a key to a mansion, to a beautiful home, but never going in it. I had the key, but I'd never gone in. And in this moment in time, in 1994, in August, Dave Marquis just made his way up to me and he said to me, I have a word for you. And I got really excited. I thought, what's this word going to be? And he simply said to me, the father loves you. And that completely changed my life because my heart was suddenly open to the revelation of the father. It was the Holy Spirit that revealed it to me through revelation. He just opened up my heart, burst with that revelation and that knowledge that my heavenly father loves me. And it just completely changed me on that. In that moment, it completely changed me. It was a supernatural encounter with the father. It was a simple word. It was the father loves you. And it was as if I'd never heard that before. In fact, I probably hadn't heard it from an earthly father, but suddenly I realized that the everlasting father, the heavenly father, the eternal father loved me. And at that point, I became a different person because I became a son. I became a son. Even though I knew in my head I was a son, even though I knew in my head I was adopted, even though I was born again, I hadn't had the experience, the revelation of knowing that the Father truly loved me and that it doesn't matter where I'd come from, it doesn't matter what I've done, the Father loves me. And, you know, we read about the prodigal son. It's really a story about a loving father when the father goes out looking for the son and the son comes back and he's thinking, is my father going to accept me? Is my father going to forgive me? Is my father going to want me back in his house? And of course, we know the story. The father runs to him and embraces him and he, he organizes a party for him. He's so elated that his son's returned. And that was the feeling that I had when those words were dropped into my spirit. The father loves you. And that's what happened to me in, in, in 1994, and I've never been the same. And, and, you know, I would love for each one of you on this call to experience that embrace from the Father that I experienced in 1994, because it was so life-changing. It was so revelatory to me that suddenly I'd become a son. And the sonship, the experience and the knowledge in my heart that I was a son, which was, was truly life-changing. Wow. wow. That's amazing. Gary, awesome, awesome, awesome. Now, guys, listen up. This is incredible. Within one hour of me talking with Gary, with about one hour of me inviting him to come and release that anointing on you guys that Dave Marquis released on him, I got a message that my friend, Dave Markey had died and gone home to be with the father. 
Guys, are you not blessed? Are you not blessed that what God does in your life, if you get the fire of God in your life, long after you're dead, God will still be using you and using your name and working through you. Are you not blessed that what's the odds on me inviting Gary the same weekend if Dave can't come here like he went came before? He, he used to play with the Rolling Stones, the Eric Clapton band, Joan Armatreading, Bing Crosby, everybody. He was such a brilliant musician. But gave it all up to love Jesus because the fire of God came on him. And I want to thank you, Gary, and we're going to get you back, Gary. And for anybody wants on here, I'm going to ask you, Gary, to bring a little bit more with us and just release and pray. And we're just going to take a little bit of time today, guys, you know. We're maybe getting another month's lockdown. We've got a bit of time to do some things, maybe. I know some of you are very busy, but, 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 but I believe in God wants to. The timing of this is incredible. And I want you to hear the timing of this through the Father's love. The Father loves you so much that he factored all this in. He factored all this in that in the same moment that Dave has gone to heaven, the night that he passed on to Gary is arriving back in Dunfermline where Dave once preached. Thanks a million, Gary. We're coming back to you. The second point I want to talk about is God's purpose in this season. I want to, God told me this, and you could take this or, and you get this tested. But he said, for man, this is about track and trace. But for God, this is all about two other T's. It's all about test and trust. It's all about test and trust. Get blessed with us, guys. Get excited about this. You know, it's horrible what's happening with COVID. But when you get a hold of God's test and trust principle, you're going to be on fire. So the people of God, we're asking every day, the kids, mom and dad, what's going on? Why are we going through lockdown? We're in year 25, 26, 39, 40. They had to be asking, you know, when's it coming to an end? There's no end in sight. But Deuteronomy 8.2 tells us what these lockdown things are all about. It says, Deuteronomy 8.2, for 40 years, God led you through lockdown to humble and test you, to humble and to test you. Everybody's asking, have you had the man test you? I want to ask you, have you had the God test you? And I was milling this over as I arrived at my house yesterday. We live in a street and it's called Windy City. Now, I think it's the highest point in Dunfermline, potentially, in that the wind seems to hit us faster. I was trying to carry a bunch of things at the car, and I was, I was saying, God, it's 29 degrees, 29 mile an hour carrying stuff. And the Holy Spirit said this to me. He said to me, it's all about test and trust. He said to me, every good thing that happens in your life and every bad thing is a test. It's a test. I went, what? I know bad things are a test, but good things. And he said, no, 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 no. Everything is a test. Because if you truly know the Father's love, if you've been to Africa, if you've been to the Father, and you've settled the Father's love in your heart, the test will not vaccinate you, but it will vacuum you more into the Father's love. He'll vacuum you more into the Father's love. But when the good thing comes or the bad thing comes and there's a test there, 
and you're not in that that total trust, you don't you don't truly believe the father's driving your bus. You don't truly believe he's got his finger on your satnav. You don't truly believe that he is he's bringing you through this into a great promised land. Then what happens is the test then can suck you back into unbelief, back into despair. And so people would say, well, how's a good thing a test? Well, you know, throughout history, you know, people have cried out to God to bless them. And he gives them a good thing. He gives them a job, a business, a partner, children. Before we know it, they stop and the vacuum sucks them into worshiping the gift. Is it possible to worship your business, your family? Listen, if you put anything above God as a priority, then you're sucked out of the Father's love back into the world of despair and distrust and struggles. But God, I want to get you guys excited about tests. I want to get you excited about this COVID-19 season. See it as a wilderness season. See it as God's just trying to help you and me see what level of trust we have in the Father's love. And in that moment, in my back garden, the Father put his arms around me and I got vacuumed into his rest and vacuumed into his love and vacuumed into his peace and vacuumed into his joy. Elmer's been asking me this week, how come this week you're sleeping and you don't even move when for 40 years you move like an insane tiger? You, you barely still for one minute in the bed because something is going on, guys. Something is going on so beautiful that in this track and trace season, God has got a test, a tr test and trust going on. And all he wants to do is flood your life and Oh, take that key, God, he's uh, taking you to and invite you into his palace of trust. And I tell you guys, if you will allow the Holy Spirit to vacuum you today into his father's arms, to vacuum in today of that place of total trust in him, I promise you from this day on, you'll sleep through an earthquake. You'll sleep through a flood. You'll sleep through disease. You'll sleep through lack of resources because you know that when you are sound asleep, the Father's working even more to bring you through and bring you the provision you need. Can we say amen, guys? Shake your right hand. Give us an amen, Jesus. Ha <laughs> ha. Hey, sorry about that bit of wackiness, guys. But the final point is this. So we've done the God's, God's problem. And, and now we're going to do... The third one, God's provision. So this whole test and trusting is to lead you to the place of provision. There is no greater provision than he showers of blessing, than he showers of love. You all know about the, the Lord's my shepherd. Alan Kelly more than once is bringing us brilliant insights on that, that passage. And he, so many times he's also brought revelations I believe it's Psalm 27, 4, maybe, about it. I believe we'll see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. My prayer is that you'll see it today, and you'll live in it today, and you'll step in it every day. And I want to give you one explosive, practical tip 
And I learned from another monk of how to step into that palace every day and stay there until every day the Father comes and touches your heart with his love, his fire, and his forgiveness. But I learned this from another monk. The good shepherd, the, Psalm 23 says, he leads you by still waters. Do you know what, guys? When you go back to the ancient shepherds and you understand what they were saying here, the dangers of the job. They knew something about sheep and they'd never even been to university. They knew that sheep do not ever drink from moving waters. They don't, there's, I don't know if they're scared or the ripple or the speed or whatever, but they do not drink from moving waters. And, and, and the shepherds of old understood, they understood that in order for the sheep to drink, the shepherd had to dig a tunnel off the river, off the lake. They had to dig a, a tunnel or a pool, something like this, where the water could go and be still. And then the sheep would drink. Oh, my goodness me. What this monk showed me was how to dig a pool every day, how to dig a tunnel every day. So the moving waters would come into your pool. And you could go there every day and drink from his showers of blessing. Drink from the Father's love. Drink, drink from the richness. And as you drink, rivers of living water will, will flow through you. And so this is what the monk says. And don't switch off halfway through this because this sounds big. I'm going to simplify for you. So this monk was asked, how do you do this? And he said, what I do is, for four hours every day, I take a gnosis. I take a written verse or, the, or, or, or passage in the Bible, and I dig a pool. I just dig a pool. So for four hours, I dig a pool. So for four hours, I just think, I write these words down, they're in my car, they're beside me. That, and for 21 days, I hardly think of anything else. And I still go about my business in those four hours because you're busy with children, busy with work. But I let the word, the written Gnosis word of God, just marinate over me. Just marinate, just marinate, just marinate. And I just, every time it comes to mind, I just go to it. And I do this for 21 days until the Holy Spirit takes that written gnosis and turns it into epignosis. He turns it into a spirit of revelation and fills my heart with floods. And I thought, oh my goodness me, what if we dug a pool, guys? Just take a minute to get that verse, get that passage, write it down. In one minute you can do that. And for the next four hours, go about your business, but give God permission to open that palace and just let that word feed you and marinate you and, and you soak in it. And as you do over that 21 day, the Holy Spirit's hovering over you and he's going to come on that epinosis with his fire and turn it into a beautiful revelation of how much he loves you, how much he cares for you and how much he provides for you. It's not too difficult to dig a pool for that river, that running river of God to come into your peace pool and turn into a pool where you could go and you just drink and drink and drink. 
I want to encourage you guys, if you get a chance, if this is recorded, to listen to this again and let this word marinate over you and, uh, until it becomes a powerful, powerful word. And so we're going to go back to Gary in a few minutes to pray. But, you know, when God says something twice, you, you better pay attention. But when he says something 26 times, when he says something 26 times, then you know. And, and, and if you go to Psalm 136, we're not going to read it today, but 26 times, one for every letter in the alphabet, he says something. And then he says, basically, the ocean has no coast. The ocean of his love has no limits. The, word, the way it's worded in different versions is the father's love has no limits. 26 times for every single verse, he kicks off and he runs through it. He runs through it. Let's just give me a, a little second. I want to get this. Oh, it's disappeared. Don't worry. So every second line in that verse, 26 times, he drums home to you and me. The Father loves you. Now I want to just read over something very quickly. We're jumping to verse, uh, to chapter 138. I'm going to read to you some gnosis, some written word from God. Guys, let's get into this pool. Now you may feel, I'm empty, I'm tired, I'm weary. Listen, this is a work of the Holy Spirit. You and I, we just got to dig out a little pool. I promise you, he will come. He will come. And you may be in the most difficult moment of your life, like my author friend, brilliant author friend, Oz Hillman, world famous on the Seven Mountains movement. I sat with him in Dundee as he broke his heart in tears because his first wife, he loved her to bits. And one day he came home and she was gone. So he met another lady who absolutely adored him, absolutely adored him. And he thought, this is it, this is it. And boom. He came home and in floods of tears, he told me, she vanished, she disappeared, she left him. Two times this happened. Now, guys, if you're in that position, you'd think, does God love me? I read his, he's now married for the third time. God led him to a third marriage. His third wife, you may think you've been too sinful. His third wife was a madam. She ran one of the richest prostitute rings in New York. She was the head of prostitutes. She was lost. She was broken. She was deep in sin. She knew in her head, yes, the father's love. But then one day, epignosis touched her heart. She got beautifully, wonderfully saved. And Oz Hillman's married her now. And she has a most amazing ministry in the prisons of America, letting everybody know that sexual love is not the answer. Human love is not going to do the business. But the love of the Father can take you to whole new levels, no matter how sinful or dreadful or broken you've been. I'm keeping in touch with Oz because he's, he's just a delightful let me quickly give you a shower as fast as I can because we want to pray. Things moving on, want to pray. Uh, I thank you, Lord, with all the passion of my heart. Imagine getting to the place to be like this. I worship you in the presence of angels. I worship you. Heaven's mighty ones will hear my voice as I sing my loving praise to you, Jesus. I bow down before your divine presence and I bring you my deepest worship. That's what happens when the fire comes on you. 
for the promises of the word and your fame of name has been magnified above all else. You strengthen me deep in my soul. This is happening to you as I speak, guys. Let the Holy Spirit do this to you right now. You strengthen me deep in my soul and you breath fresh courage into me. One day, all the kings and all the presidents of the earth, they will rise and give you thanks when they hear the living words that I've heard you speak. They too will sing of your wonderful ways. For though you are lofty and exalted, you stoop to embrace the lowly. That's us. Uh, you, yet you keep your distance from those who fill with pride. Now, here's the two words I want to give you guys. You can kick off your 21 days with these two, two verses, marinating them, living them, breathing them. Ask God. Talk to God about them. Talk to others about them. But I'm just going to give you a pull. I'm just going to give you a pull. And you can write this down and use it. This is from the Passion Translation. And this is going to take you, I promise you, you, you drink in this pool because the word of God has life and power. Read Aaron's post they put up today about one thing of God's voice. is unbelievable quote. So here's the two word verses that we're going to pray. By your mighty power, O oh God, I can walk through any devastation and you will keep me alive. Reviving me, your power has set me free from the hatred of my enemies. You keep every promise you've ever made to me. Since your love for me is constant, it's an ocean without a shore, an ocean of fire and love without a limit. Since your love for me is constant and endless, I ask you, Lord, to finish every good thing that you have begun in me. Dave Markey went to heaven. You would think that was the end of the good thing. But today we are experiencing, even though he's gone to heaven, God is still completing the good thing he began in him. And so, guys... Did you just feel the, the light of God come in the room there? No, it was Elma opening the blinds. It was Elma opening the blinds, eyes. But guys, let's take, do you know, I've gone on a bit longer today because I believe we need help in this time. We need to understand this time. And we need to get God's, God's view on this thing. So if we're going to go to Gary in a moment. And, and Sally, I love that. It bordered on a wee command at start. Stand up. I love commands. I love, I, lo I love it when somebody says, come on, get off your backside, Jimmy. Let's get into God's presence. Not that Sally would ever say it those ways. But anyway, <laughs> so guys, let's, let, 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 let's, let's, let's stand and let, let's take a few minutes. And, and even in that motor car up there, Rebecca and Kirsty, just put your hands out. Make sure you pull into the lay-by first, guys. Pull in the lay-by. So guys, let's all pull into the lay-by for five minutes or so. Pull in the pit stop. Come on, guys, switch off Boris, Doris, and every other Horace. Just switch them all off for a minute, guys. Yes, yes, and let's yes. switch on mm. our hearts, mm. our hearts, yes, and give God our hearts today. Yes, and let that, that anointing, that blessing of the Father's love. Okay. So, Gary, oh. thank you again for amazing what you shared. But just, and guys, when you go to Christmas presents this year, 
hold out both hands or you only get in one present. And that's how you come to God. You open both hands. So let's, let's, let's be like a child. Come on, guys. Let's, let's just ditch the pride, guys. Ditch the pride. Ditch the pride. Just hold, close your eyes. Hold your hands like a little child. The kingdom belongs to a little child. And just come and believe God to fill your hands and touch your heart and touch your children and yes, touch your grandchildren yes, and yes, touch your business yes. and touch your health yes. with the fire and love of the living God. Yes. Over to you, Gary. Thank you, Father. Yes, oh, God. Oh, Father. Yes. I just lift every person before you is on this call. Yes, every person within the sound of my voice. I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come now. And you would just lavish the Father's love on them, that they would know how much you love them, Father. Jesus. In this season, let us just meditate on the word in John 14, where it says, let not your heart be troubled, because God has prepared a place in his heart, and it's a place which calls the Father's love for you. Yes. So, Father, Holy Spirit, Lavish your love on every person and every man, woman, and child. Let them know that they are truly a daughter and a son of the everlasting Father and that you love them with an everlasting love. And they can walk into their mansion today. Jesus, you are the door. You yes. give us the key. The day we were born again, we were given the keys of the kingdom and we can walk into the mansion of your love. And you long, Holy Spirit, to reveal the Father to us. And the Father longs to lavish his love upon us. So Father, now, lavish your love upon each one of us as we come humble before you with hands open and hearts open, expecting you to come. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank Amen. you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Guys, just take a couple of more minutes. Just keep receiving. Keep receiving. You heard Gary say, as a little boy, Gary's dad abandoned him, tried to make him into a Muslim, you know, Muslim family, gave him the name Muhammad Ali. His stepfather came along, all brilliant, beat the living dick, beat him senseless, beat his mother senseless. He had a father wound. One of the biggest blockages is if your father's beat you, if your father's defeated you, if the father's abandoned you, but even if he's been a good father to an extent, but he never got into your world. He never was able, he was emotionally bound up. He never was able, I used to love Adrian tell me stories of his dad sitting him on his knee and talking to him. And I remember being jealous thinking, what would I have given? for one moment. And guys, what would you have given for one moment? Not all of you, but some of you. What would you have given for a father to get into your world and get excited about their things, but more than that, sit you on your knee and look you in the eyeballs and say, I'm insanely in love with you. I would give everything for you. Everything for you. And you have a father wound, the mouses are shut down, you're trying everything to do everything right. But... Was, yes. Your heart's like a tin of beans and yeah. the lid's sealed. Mm. But if you will forgive your father today, even if he doesn't deserve it, if you will forgive your father today 
Or forgive that other man that abandoned you, that other father figure that abandoned you. Forgive that, that man who abused you. Forgive, for, forgive, forgive, even though they don't deserve it. God will come in. Yes. And, and the thing is that the thing is that the father was so insanely in love, he sent Jesus. He, he allowed the life of his own son to suffer like you can a million times more than you me, so that he, he could come from your head to your heart and embrace you with his love. And you've been dying for this moment. You've been crying out for this moment. You've prayed and you love Jesus, but you've been so alone, so isolated, so lost, so defeated. And you would give anything in this moment for the Father's love to come around you and to swim in that love every morning. So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to lead you in a prayer of forgiveness. It, it, it is going to be tough, guys. But I want to ask you to forgive that distant father, that dis, the disappointment with your father. And, and as you forgive, your heavenly father is going to come and heal your heart and begin to fill you with his warm, liquid, extravagant, Holy Ghost, fire and love. Could you just pray on? Dear Father, I just want to thank you for the love that you have for each one of us, that vast love, Lord. And I just pray that each for each one of us, Lord, there's probably been a time when we've, we've had to ask for forgiveness. And even right now, Lord, I just ask that you would forgive any single person that's, that's not been able to forgive their father, that they've they've held a grudge against them or just thought, you know, I've done with it. Because when that unforgiveness is there, there's a hole in the heart of God. And I just pray that as they just say, God, I release that feeling right now of maybe even hatred, of resentment, or of, you know, just grudge. That as we release that, you will find a notion of love pour into you. You will be saturated with God's love and you will begin to understand more of the Father's love. If you've been at that place where you've never been able to share with your son or your daughter, whether you're a woman or a man, and you, and, and you just think, I want to tell them, I want to be more like that, then whatever there is that's stopping you today, God wants to take that stone away so that you can be released into loving your children the way that God wants you, that he doesn't want you bound up in your emotions, that you, don't, that you can cry if you want to, that tears, is whether you're a man or a woman, God gave us tears for a reason, and the floodgates open, and he wants us to go deeper today as we forgive, he takes us deeper into his love. Just at this sea level, you know, you look into the sea and you see nothing. It's only when we go deeper that we, are get, we see the unexpected. And I pray that today that you will see unexpected things happen. You will expect things to happen as you forgive and as you allow the Holy Spirit right now to minister to your spirit. That as you've known all the head knowledge, but today, as you let your heart be open and you let anything that's been stopping the love of God flow go in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
So guys, thanks for your time. Just before you go, you may have felt something, something stirring there. As Elma prayed, as Gary prayed, you know, because God is here to stir things up for you. But can I just say this, guys? Whether you felt something or you didn't is irrelevant. This is a faith number, not a feelings number. And you just get up in the morning and say these two phrases every morning. To kick your day, take heart. Take heart, heart fire. Just, just, that's the first dig of the spade. Take heart, heart fire. So when you take heart, you give yourself heart, confidence, and faith. God has begun the process. Today, take it by faith. Take heart. He's begun the process. And those scriptures says that he will finish the process. Maybe in 21 days. And then after 21 days, you get another verse and you start all over again. But guys, from this moment on, take heart, take fire. Thank you, Gary. Thank you, Elma. Thank you, guys. God bless you. Amen.